Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Tonight, we are so excited to have our friend William Fritz here with us to talk about all of his favorite things. So William, why don't you start out by introducing yourself? Yeah, so um, my name is William Fritz. Um, I teach um, at Cheyenne Valley Career and Tech Center in Valley City, uh, North Dakota. Um, the Tech Center services four different schools. Valley City, um, then there's three smaller schools, um, Barnes County North, Litchfield Marion, and um, Maple Valley, which is in Tower City. So, um, yeah, I've been teaching. I was trying to figure out how many years I've been teaching. You you remember what? Like the other night, the other night I go, okay, it was two years in Groton, South Dakota. It's 17 in Rolla and two, two here. So then I think that's 21, right? Well, my math, yeah. Okay. So I was like, I can't, I have to break it down by this, the schools now. I can't just remember 21, so 21 right? 21-ish years, give or take. 21. Yeah, 21-ish. So. <laughs> Um, I, um, I'm a graduate of South Dakota State. I have a, I also have a, which, which I think is kind of weird for an ag teacher. I have a master's degree in library science. So, you know, if this never worked, really doesn't work out in the end, I could be a librarian. After 21 years, if it doesn't work out. <laughs> you never know. You never know when I'm going to throw in the hat saying, <laughs> let's do something else <laughs> well so when prior to asking you to be on here those of you listening from north dakota know that william has the coolest activities labs and if someone's going to think of a crazy way to do something it's going to be william so we're calling this episode william's favorite things so william could pick what he wants to talk about because we could have like I feel like we could have a series of podcast episodes about all the cool things that you teach. So we had to narrow it down. Um, so today we're going to talk about like three of them. Yep. Three. So, that was still, I don't know which three we're going to talk about. So <laughs> that's, I don't know. got so many good ones. I was going to have so many, like the examples, but then I got to thinking, like even this morning when I got up, I was like, I don't want to talk about those three. I want to talk about these three. And right before we started, I'm thinking, no, I don't want to talk about those three. I want to talk about <laughs> these three. Well, it's so going to be a surprise to all of us, including yes, William. Yes. So why don't you start off with activity lab number one and just briefly okay. describe what it is. Okay, so my... I'm going to put down, it's probably my favorite lab to activity to teach. Um, I think Nikki knows that I'm a huge production agriculture person. I, if I could just teach production agriculture, you know, I would never be in a bad mood, but we like sometimes get behind the science of stuff and teach that 
But anyway, so the first one I have, uh, it's called Calving in the Cold. And I think it's perfect for North Dakota. Um, or anywhere where, you know, livestock is not used to cold. I mean, so, you know, here in North Dakota, we start calving, could be February, um, March. And I started this a few years ago when the winters were terrible. Um, there was an article in Ag Week. It's, I think it's Ag Week. Isn't that the online? Yep, yep. Ag Week, and it was called Calving in the Cold. And it was this farmer in South Dakota and how they handle ha calving in the cold. Because that's when it was, there was a blizzard, a blizzard and a blizzard and a blizzard and a blizzard. Was and, that um, the year that took out, like we got that really early October blizzard that took out a bunch of cattle and then the winter just, it just yeah, never ended. <laughs> I think that it was. I'm thinking. Yeah, because I was I was still teaching in Rollo when I developed this one, and it started out as a, like a eighth grade activity, and now it's moved up into the upper classroom activity. So, what the kids do is I they get the article first, and they kind of go through calving in the cold. So, I mean, of course, I don't know all all ahead of this. Of course, you had talked about cattle and blah blah blah. So this is just one of the activities I talk about in beef production. So, um, so they go through the reading material and then they get a, um, a sheet, a template to fill out, um, kind of a scenario that um, the North Dakota Beef Commission has decided to um, give you so much money to develop your own calving in the cold, um, I'm trying to think of the word right now, um, product to help, help save the calves. So, so what the kids do is they draw it out on paper, and then once they, I approve it, they go ahead and make it. And they just make it, it's just a prototype, so it's, it's just made out of material that I have at, here at school. It could be construction paper, it can be fabric, it can be quilting material. It's, um, it's, I just have a huge tub of crafting supplies, I guess you would call it. And, they get to make it and it's it should be realistic to size and so when they're built so for example if they're building a calf blanket that's enough to cover you know the 200 pound calf it's got to cover a 200 pound calf so um so what are so what are some examples that they've prototypes they've kind of designed um, in the past so calf blankets calf blankets um calf like they've taken a box like a couple of boxes and made like a calf heater where the calf goes inside. Um, they've made like ear mittens for their ears. That's my favorite one. They've made leg warmers, um, tail warmers, hoof warmers. Uh, I think one of my favorite ones, I don't have it anymore. I don't know what happened to it. Um, this girl made boots, four little booties, and she put little like, um, spikes so that they could grip um so that was one of my favorites so they were like insulated boots for calves i mean they can be a little bit unrealistic when they make them um i think what i like about the activity is i send a video to um beef producers and then they come back saying, would they buy it or would they not buy it? Is it realistic or unrealistic? 
what they like about it and what um, people should change about it so that it that it actually works like ear mittens as far as i know always come back will not work on a beef farm which is surprising so and the beef farmer explains why they don't work because cow will lick them right off so sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there i was just gonna say like that's the one thing that i love about your activities that you come up with is that you always or seem to always like get feedback from real people in the industry yep. and it's not just here's this fun thing we did for class and then moving on like you have your community involved and you have uh, beef producers or livestock producers like give feedback to yeah i think that's a, that's a big thing is um my big thing is when i teach something i tell kids where it's actually used outside of my classroom um if i can't prove to that it's actually used i don't think kids care so if it's actually being used so no matter what lab or activity i am doing the first thing i tell kids is okay this is where it's used this is why we have to do it and then it keeps their attention so um i think that's when well, I, go ahead and i like how this includes like the engineering design mm -hmm. process and they really get to be creative whether it's feasible in the real yes. world or not like they get a chance to kind of take something that's on the market yeah. maybe and you know put their own spin on it and whether or not a producer thinks that it it's feasible mm -hmm. what a fun way for kids to i don't know showcase how they would solve a real problem in yeah. industry uh, yeah and i think sometimes you know kids will see this and they'll be like this would actually work even if a producer thinks right now it doesn't but you know down the road I always say you might be working for for example you might be working for a company that you need to design something you know here's a here's a heads up that this is how it's done um there's another aspect to it they also have to research you know where would they sell this in the real world would it be some egg like, sales yeah, so like would it be sit, sell at tractor supply is it at fleet farm you know for example um the kid the kid's a great kid but he had like this calf warmer and he was selling it at shields and you know the conversation had to be had was have you been to shields right where's your target audience shop yeah so it's not like you're not going to find a calf warmer or calf mittens or at shields you know you need to go to a runnings or a, a mills fleet farm or some type of um type of company like that and then he started to realize yes i go yes farmers shop at shields but they're not shopping for that type of product at shields so yeah so you mentioned you this is primarily you started as eighth grade project now it's moved into upperclassmen mm -hmm. what are some tips for those listening that are interested in implementing a project like this uh well first of all you know is it i'm big on is it is it needed in your area you know i know this i don't teach something that doesn't fit into the valley city area so that's one way um i always i think so don't you think that it's would be a cool challenge you know, if if you don't have, I mean, you probably have production agriculture in yep. your area, but if you live in an area where 
it's really, it doesn't really get cold out. It could be a really good challenge for you and your kids in your area because they might not be used to seeing products like yes. this. So maybe they work for a company that they now have to move to North Dakota and yep. your, your uh, scenario and their challenge to solve a problem that they're not used to. So if you're looking for maybe a more challenging piece yes. or just change the, change the problem. Um, if, change the problem to fit. Right, if, if, yeah, change you, the problem to fit your, fit your area. I mean, you could easily change this to, um, you know, does it have to be calving in the cold? You know, maybe maybe someone down south is going on vacation, for Christmas a Christmas vacation up north. Your pet doesn't isn't used to snow. So now your scenario is your your dog. Mm -hmm. You need to develop a warmer for your dog. So easily adaptable um, to I think any type of situation that you're in. So I guess it's more or less teaching kids about engineering. I think, and, and, and sales, not necessarily, um, it has to be beef production. It's just, it works for me right now. Um, so th I think that's, I guess I always start every, you know, most of the things that I have, I experiment on seventh, eighth graders. I think we all know seventh, eighth graders are game for everything and anything. And so if it works for them, I move it. And if I go, okay, I don't really want this to be a junior high activity. And then I move it up and just make it a little bit more challenging for the upper kids. So um, other than that, yeah, just go with it. And here's the thing, um, you know, I keep a few of them for back for research. They don't have to be store quality. So you know, don't stress out that this kid made this, these ear mittens and they're a little too large for a calf. The idea is there. It's just they under, they will. Right, you know, it's, it's a prototype. So yeah. you know, some kids don't know how big calf ears are. I mean, granted, you know, we live in North Dakota, but I teach in a city. Some kids, I have kids that have never seen a real calf in their life. So um, don't get down to the nitpicky i don't get down to the nitpicky on this activity or any activity if it's not quite to size or realistic i mean i don't i mean basically i'm going to tell you if they get a lower grade as if they just didn't do it so 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 i love yeah. that yeah and i think yeah. you know depending on the type of animals you have in your area if it if mm -hmm. If, you know, beef isn't prevalent, you know, change the species. Yep. If you're doing seniors and maybe you make it wide open and it's just, it's just talking about, you know, animal production in the cold and maybe they pick their species and develop a prototype to help that. So, um, and you could even include, you know, you discuss how you have these videos shared with producers afterwards, you know, maybe the kids have to interview a producer prior to to um to discuss how calving in the cold is a problem or producing any animal in the cold is a problem um and then maybe they find a you know a solution for the problems that come out of that survey so i think i think that there's a ton of possibility to make it more inquiry yep. less that's teacher senior yep. level eighth grade yep. level i think so. this year 
this was the first year I did it is I kept all the comments from the producers and then the kids will get that next year. So for example, if they're making ear mittens, um, the farmers like put on there, how would, how can ear mittens actually be functional so that the kids know, okay, if I'm going to do ear mutton, ear mittens, I need to do this. Like somehow it needs to get strapped on somehow so that the cow doesn't lick them off. So, or how, you know, a lot of them made like a, like a sweater, um, but they all forgot that bulls, you know, where they pee, they didn't put a hole. So, you know, the producer wrote right in there, you're going to be washing this three or four times a day because a bull is just going to pee right through it. So, yeah, so they'll have those resources for next year when they go ahead and make this again. So I'm probably pretty much for a while now, I'm going to keep it to beef until I think every idea that I think of has been used before I switch it to, you know, another critter to use. So, and the kids like it. So it's, it's done. I guess I've been doing it in my livestock production class. So pretty much gonna have to stick to a livestock animal on it anyway. So, so, but yeah, it's one of, it's probably hands down right now, my favorite lesson to teach. No, it sounds awesome. And I like that you can modify it to different grid levels. And like you said, you could do it with small animals too, if that's all, you know, your kids know. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So what is your second activity that you would like to share with us? Okay. I'm sticking with the one on the sheet here. Um, I've shared this like several times at um, professional development, but I'm going to say it's my favorite activity, but I think I said that one for the activity above. <laughs> um, I literally say I have my favorite activity as every activity I'm working on. So uh, you guys probably know this. It's the million dollar loan activity that I do. I, I like that one. It's how I teach egg business. It is actually a semester long project that I do. Um, basically what the kids do is they have to start a business, an agriculture related business. Um, and go through all of the steps such as setting goals, balance sheets, cash flows, depreciation, insurance, um, any regulations they have to follow, um, how, how to even get it set up. So um, buying land, every aspect of that activity is real life. And I basically just guide the students through it um we start out by picking up a, a business they want to start so what are they, some what are some business examples that your kids have done in the past uh we have raised uh mammoth donkeys in kansas um we've were um we have done a, a grain and distillery in indiana um, so they not only pick the business, but they pick the location in which their business will be the, started. The location is, is we talk about the industry that they decide to go into. So if we're like mammoth donkeys, let's start that out. Probably one of my favorite ones we've ever done is that donkeys are pretty much used in the West and the East, not so much 
in the Midwest. So they picked, so you're probably wondering why they picked Kansas. Well, it's halfway. So if they have to ship their donkeys to uh, the mountains where they are used as pack animals, it's half the cost of living somewhere. And if they're a lot of times out east, they're pets. So then they don't have to worry about shipping so much. They're centrally located there. Um, so that's one. Um, the Indiana one, because it's a distillery. Yes, we I let them start a business with making whiskey. Um, we picked Indiana because that's, you know, the hub of Kentucky and Tennessee. So that's that's where they wanted to be. Um, we had a girl who did herbals, very popular in the Washington state area. So she did herbals. Um, we've had uh, like a horse farm in, in, in Idaho, in the mountains where they trail rides. And, and we've even done this la one last year, they just did North Dakota. They raised uh, shorthorn cattle for um, showing and for production. So that one was probably the most normal one um, I, I've done. So everything has to have a twist to it. So if, um, for example, the donkey one, everyone is used to livestock. So they had to pick a livestock animal that they're not used to. Um, the the farm with a distillery well all those kids came from a grain farm so they knew that it was too easy so they had to add an aspect so they added the distillery to it so they have to put a twist on it to make it a little bit more challenging and so we picked land we pick land that's for sale they contact their realtor to see what 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 would that land really sell for Okay, we meet with the loan officer at the bank to see the whole process. Um, we meet with the insurance agent so they know, and they'll even, they even will, the, the insurance agent here in Valley City will even look up what it would cost. For example, in Idaho last year when we did the horse farm, he looked up like the insurance that it would be for uh, a person living in Idaho. So they get on board with it, everyone. Um, that I get involved with it. So, um, so that's, um, yeah, I just really like that. It's a semester long. So, and the kids have a blast. And the end result is actually getting the loan from the bank. So they have to have, I have to have that letter in my hand saying that their loan was approved. If they don't, they get the A minus. <laughs> if they don't get it, because, um, because they, right, if I remember this right, they're basically creating an entire portfolio of sense yes. of all of the information that they have found and researched in order to, yes. quote unquote, present it to get this loan. Yes, they create everything, you know. Um, so they have this huge, you know, PowerPoint presentation with all the information, with all the documentation they need. And then they go to the bank and they present this to the loan officer. Um, I think, you know, it's a two, two, three hour presentation to the, the, the loan officer on every aspect of this um, business that they want to start. So those kids really go in and come out with the understanding of, wow, okay, starting a business is not that easy. 
especially, you know, I'm going to be honest, starting a distillery, whole, we went in thinking we had this in the bag. We had everything down to the T. The first, the kids did their presentation. They were sweating. The first question that came out of the loan officer's mouth was, what regulations do you have to follow being a distillery? We did not even think about the taxes and getting the label approved. We thought we could start producing whiskey. Remember no. people, we're not really producing whiskey. <laughs> no. For everyone listening, William also does not actually produce whiskey with his kids. But I don't know. What if, I guess, tips for a teacher? Like, I'm just thinking. It takes a lot of planning. It's not one of those things that yeah. you wait to the last minute to do. Because you have to, you know, if these kids find a piece of land in another state, I initially contact the realtor to, to explain to them what we are doing. And some realtors won't deal with it. They go, we're not, if you're not actually going to buy it, we're not going to play along. So in those cases, I have I have talked with other realtors about okay, you know the land is selling for a million dollars. What what's the realistic price of getting it? So the realtor will tell me okay, it's probably eighty percent of what they're actually asking for. So you really have to make sure that you're ahead of the game. If you're meeting with the loan officer like in week two, you probably should have contacted them two weeks prior because you're gonna have to make an appointment with the bank because he's going to have his real clients that, you know, trump us. And so it's a, it's a lot of planning. Um, it's a lot of making sure that the, the kids are staying on task with it and they're going down the right direction. Um, making sure that like, when we set that this is the business, you know, halfway through it, all of a sudden, we don't want to do this business anymore. It's not an option because we might've met with the realtor. We might've met with insurance agent. We might've met with the banker two or three times already. Um, so it's one of those that you, you, you have to kind of stay ahead of the pace of the kids. So um, that it flows. Otherwise, you know, you're not gonna get it done in a semester. So, cause you're also teaching, you know, you have to spend a couple of days teaching. Okay, this is what a cash flow is. This is what a budget is. This is what an inventory is. So that kind of stuff stops the actual activity because you're sitting there planning, you know, doing the lessons that have to tie into what the kids are. So making sure that, you know, if, you know, the order of flow is correct with, with, um, with the lesson, you know, um, you know, I kind of have it is we, we think of the, the business, then we think of the goals of the business because we develop, so we teach, so I teach them about establishing goals. And then we get into, um, okay, we need to find a place. Then we get into what inventory is needed. So we go through inventory. Then we go through, okay, the budget, income coming in, income going out, Free money, that's another thing that we spend maybe almost a week looking for grants out there. You know, you know, it's I always tell kids, have a female in your group. There are a ton of, especially if you're farming, there's a ton of grants out there for farmers, female farmers. So um, so it's just a process making sure that this is, you know, it's I think it's quite the task. 
to sometimes complete. Um, and you're, doing, lot, you're having them do it in groups, right? Yeah, it's never an individual. So um, I've been fortunate that the classes I have teached in has been small where I've only had to deal with one at a time. You know, if I, so for example, the most I've ever had in one group is five people. You know, that's how big the class was at the time. You know, if I had a class of 12, I kind of did a portion of this in my livestock production where, where they had to start um, a, a farm from scratch and, and I pulled parts of this lab out. That's a class of 15, so I actually had you know, I think I had five groups because I only made groups of three that three people in groups. So um, the more people you have, you have the potential of having a lot. So, I mean, the whole one class do it. Yes, it would probably say the teacher a lot of because you could probably use your whole prep time. You know, if you had three groups and you have to contact three different realtors in three different states. <laughs> It can, it can really get, plus- and That's assuming make, they say yes, those so three, you know. Yes, and then if you think about it, that's the banker, that's three groups the banker has to meet with because each group might have a different type of business. So each loan process might be different. That's three different groups that the insurance guy might have to meet with because, you know, insurance might not be the same, if, especially if the, if the companies or the businesses that the kids are starting don't, can't intermingle with the same type of loan or the same type of insurance. So it could be a headache. So I, I guess my thing is, even if you had a class of 12, I would just do, you work together as a group of 12. So the kids role play too. I should add that in. There's so many aspects to this that I probably should have it in front of me. <laughs> so when I explain it, it doesn't look, sound so chaotic, but like the kids break themselves up. Like one kid is the, you know, if I look at uh, the grain farm and distillery, well, we had a farm manager, so that was one kid's job. One was a distillery manager, that was another kid. One was the accountant, so she, one was the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, public relations person. So those tasks, for example, the accountant, it was in charge of the money coming in, money coming out. So she was in charge of the budget, of creating the budget. Uh, the farm manager was in charge of the inventory for just the farm. So you can break them down so that, you know, give each kid a task. And then, you know, if you have a group of 15, okay, you two are the accountants, you work together on the cash flow statement and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it, it can be a lot. I think I remember you saying this summer too, right? That you don't always, like you tell the, the loan officer not to accept it on the first time. So like the kids have to come back and like reevaluate the loan. Yeah, I think it would be too easy for the banker just to say, yes, I approve the loan and the kids are happy um, because guarantee we made a mistake. And so I need, I want the loan officer to say, hey, you totally forgot to deal with the regulations of the distillery. I can't approve this because you didn't meet the requirements of that. I'm not giving you $2.1 million to start that farm and business when you forgot a whole section because like the banker says, in the end, I'm coming after you somehow to get your money. So 
um, I, the kids need to probably go back sometimes and rethink their whole business to make sure they've hit every aspect, every component of the, the operation. So William, if someone listening is interested, but this seems like too big of a beast for them, especially if like for me, this is, this is an area of weakness. Mm -hmm. So that paired with kids are researching things that I have no clue about on top of maybe I have a large class. Is there, I mean, do you have ways or suggestions where a teacher could scale this down to start to do something on a smaller scale with your kids? to work up your confidence? My thing is, you could probably do all of this without, you know, if, if it's meeting with people and trying to contact people, eliminate all of that part of it. Just have the kids start a business, write a couple goals, teach inventory, teach cash flow, teach budget, teach uh, insurance, and just and just do that part of it. I have done that part like in an intro class to teach egg business. I've just eliminated contacting the, the insurance, the, um, the realtor, because that can get to be overbearing. Well, and maybe instead of like, if you wanted to start this, maybe instead of your kids pitching it to those people, those people become guest speakers. They could be, yes, they can come. Right, and maybe they come and the kids maybe get to ask a few questions yes. associated with their, their topic, their business, but mm -hmm. maybe that, you know, that loan officer is presenting on just general, like maybe they talk about how many people come in asking for a loan and how many they turn down and what are the, yep main reasons people get turned down. So it's more general presentation, but the kids can say yes. and ask some of those questions. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought about doing that with, you know, I did a, the, a smaller, I kind of did that with my livestock class this year. Um, this way kids can like, you know, when I gave them, you know, I had a pamphlet of last year's, what the insurance was, since we were talking about livestock and some of the kids last year had livestock farm so I just gave them the insurance numbers from them the kids can ask the question of okay why do I need full coverage on an older pickup when I can just have liability you know liability so the, the insurance agent can just ask okay the different so kids understand the difference between full coverage and liability um, yeah oh yeah just have them come in as guest speakers and and have them teach or speak about just loans and why loans are important for your credit rating and blah, 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 and stuff like that. Oh, much easier if you wanted to. Or you can even go down simpler is that, okay, you give the kids, okay, you have to buy a piece of equipment, okay? So what is your, and make it more realistic in the sense of, okay, you wanna buy a pickup. What's your current cash flow? What's your current money going out? Well, okay. I think another opportunity too is if have a business come in and have them oh, yeah. talk about what they had to do to start their business, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. what I love we, about this is so many opportunities, like yes. Brianna said earlier, of getting your kids connected with people in yes. your community. And those people would be so happy to come in and talk to yeah. your kids, whether it's virtual oh. or in person. Yeah. Yeah, I just, with that livestock class, we just went and toured a, a beef farm here in Valley City. And, you know, they, 
explain that we just didn't go out and buy 40 head of cattle. You know, we bought them as we could afford them. You know, we didn't buy, you know, brand new equipment right away. We bought what we could afford. And I think kids, you know, didn't realize you know, a lot of things, you know, kids, you know, you know, they want that brand new pickup, but they don't realize a brand new pickup comes with a lot of expenses attached to it. So yes, yeah, scale it down, maybe make it more realistic for the kids in the sense of, um, pick something that's easy, you know, maybe they have to buy a hundred acres of land instead of buying a, a 5,000 acre farm, kind of what the activity is, you know, um, maybe they go and ask for a simple loan, you know, I think the smallest loan that we've requested was a half a million to start one of these, um, uh, fake businesses. So, um, but yeah, I think this activity really brings in a lot of people to your classroom um, to see what what what's what's happening in agriculture education. So, I I'm a big believer that I'm not I'm not supposed to be the teacher. I am supposed to be the person who finds the real teachers of the people out there actually living and doing the actual thing that I'm that I'm teaching. So, um, I always. Someday I always tell kids, I'm going to sit down with you and explain how education should really work, but that's a whole week. That's, admin that's administrators and state advisors saying, don't say that <laughs> to kids. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, like the classroom should be just a staging area for where the kids really need to be. So that's my kind of my model that I like to go by. So if I can get them out of this classroom and into you know the banker's office the insurance or wherever on the farm yeah and if you can't leave i mean obviously leverage technology it's not yes it's not perfect yes. but if a kid's yes. really interested in raising yes. donkeys i mean ag teachers know a lot of people um yeah and get them connected like yeah. how cool would that be yeah. so and, and don't i guess they shouldn't be afraid right now i know a lot of field trips probably can't nothing can happen I'm fortunate that North Dakota is um, in the world right now than everywhere else. Yeah, I'm fortunate that my school says, you know, you follow the guidelines, you have those masks on. We don't mind field trips. And so, you know, virtual stuff, these people, look, I mean, I've had some of them go, if you we, if we can't come here, just zoom us in. Right. You know? And it's still just as good. I mean, like, it is. Yeah, it is it's still just as good. Yeah. And those people will literally bend over backwards to provide like the coolest thing for your kids, yes. even if it's virtual. Yeah, so. and there, and kids actually handling the actual, you know, you know, the, every kid leaves with a loan application to fill it out. So it's kind of cool that we sit someday and fill, everyone fills out the loan application. Even if it's for the same thing, you know, each kid fill, fills it out. They feel like, oh, wow. I'm creating this, I'm trying to get this multi-million dollar loan for this startup business. It's kind of, it, you know, it hits them hard that, whew, this, this, and they get nervous too. So mm -hmm. they're nervous about that A versus that A minus. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have a little animal science, a little farm business. Take us into activity three. What do you got for us? He's like, if you, you can't see him, everybody, but he is looking at 
this massive list and he's deciding right now as well. <laughs> you know what, I'm gonna go something more. Leadership is my least favorite thing to teach, but I still have a favorite activity. <laughs> so I was gonna do exporting excellence, but I think I'm gonna hit up um, Failure Fridays. I think that's kind of a good leadership um, activity where everyone can do um, some type of failure activity. I think I like it because it's super easy to create if you wanna create your own Failure Fridays. So what I do is, it is based off, there is a chapter, this is my favorite book. So those of you that don't know me, I prefer to read than to socialize with humans. Okay, so keep that in mind. Okay, um, and There's run. a few humans he likes to socialize with. But otherwise, this is like my favorite book. I've actually given it to like the other day, this kid. Say what the book oh, is, William. It's Kyle Carpenter. You are worth it. This kid, this guy earned the Medal of Honor. Um, I hate ruining books, so I'm not going to tell you what happened, why he got it. But he's a Marine that got the Medal of Honor. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. So he wrote a book. Um, this episode is sponsored by. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll send me like 400 of these. <laughs> Maybe he'll listen somehow, and he'll like catch yeah. up with the signed copy. As much as as many copies of this I have bought, I should get a few free ones. Like I give this book to a lot of people. Like the other day, this kid stuffed Maple Valley High School, 16 miles down the road, because he lives here, but he goes to school in Maple Valley. Like I don't even know the kid. I gave him a book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So um, there's a chapter in here called You're Going to Fail and That's Okay. So the, what we do is the kids start out reading, they read that chapter in that book. Talks about how he failed. He was going to, okay, I'm going to explain that. He was going to run this marathon. This is after he basically blew himself up jumping on a grenade. So he got all fixed up and he was going to run a marathon and he was going to start the marathon by parachuting out of a plane and then parachuting down to the start line and unhooking the parachute and then start running. All right, well, it Brianna, didn't work out. your next marathon. Well, you and William can do that together. No, not going <laughs> to happen. What, what happened is it didn't work because the wind was not going. It actually dropped him four miles back. So he had to run an extra four miles to run his marathon. That's and not how far you usually do to warm up, William. <laughs> four miles before the 26. Exactly. And he, he had this time set in his mind that he wanted to run and he got frustrated and, and like he quit the marathon. Like he ran most of it, but he was just so mad at himself. But the idea of the chapter is that he failed, but you know, he's still alive and he's still functioning as a human being. So that was the point of, and, and when I was reading that, then it kind of came up to me, like I should do these failure activities because with these for kids, because we can all agree that kids have to be perfect on the first try, right? I have kids, you know, we're doing mud hole ice fishing rods right now. 
And these kids are mad because it doesn't look good. And I'm like, guys, it's our first ever fishing pole. It's not going to be pretty yet. I just feel like kids feel that way because a lot of the things that they are good at now are things they started when they don't remember. Like Exactly. Like they don't remember being on the basketball court, making points in the other team's basket. They don't remember that. And so they just now... I think that of CDE all the time. Kids all the time are like, I don't want to do that one this year. It was so hard last year. I didn't do good. You learn, like you learn the entire agronomy contest in one year, like give yourself another year. Exactly. And so. But I think too, like so many of our assignments that we give or other teachers give, like you weren't great on the test of your first try and that's the 60% that you get. So I think, you know, kids cram for these tests because I have to be perfect on my first try. And that's kind of the way that our educational system has set them up for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I just think so. These kids need to understand that we're they're going to fail. So how it, did you use this failure Friday to kind of change the mindset of your kids to failing is OK? I mean, that was the whole premise of that yeah. chapter of the book. Because every activity, there's no solution to. They can't solve the solution. I just make the activity up. There's no end result. For example, you have to build a tower out of, you have to build a single tower just using marshmallows and tape and then set a giant marshmallow on top of a noodle. No one's done it. You can't do it. It's not possible because you can't tape the tower to the table and the tower has to stand on its own and you're using only marshmallows, tape, and a giant marshmallow on top. So when they do like, okay, so let's say we are in your class, Brianna and I, and we did this tower, we get done. Yeah. How do you facilitate? So they're angry. Yeah. Like we're frustrated. Like, oh, this is, and we're competitive. So chances are Brianna and I are frustrated long before that stupid marshmallow is even on the top. Yep. So you know what I would say to you? Are you still breathing? (laughs) Are you still alive? Will you go to your next hour just fine? Yes. Will you play in the football game that day? Yes. It's basically so what are some other failure activities you've done? Uh, well, I have this, um, I set up these, this, it looks like a rectangle, but it has a bunch of squares in it. And then I set a path and the kids have to figure out the path the kids can find the path because they get to use each other, but it's a ridiculous time. It's like two minutes. It's not possible to get five people through this maze in five minutes. So they sit there and they're trying to help each other and they can't talk to each other. They have to do hand signals and figure it out and by watching. So the, in the end is you can't make it by time because I just said two minutes. I mean, I can make it a minute. I can make it 30 seconds. The idea is that they tried and they tried hard, they worked together, they failed, they're still breathing. So that's one. Um, what else have I I've done? I've just, um, I'm trying to think offhand. I haven't really, it doesn't always happen on Fridays. I, I don't know why I call it. It started out as an activity that happened every Friday. Sometimes it's usually like the last two weeks of eighth grade. It has been the last couple quarters because I teach a new set of eighth graders every quarter. I only do this in eighth grade. So this is an eighth grade level thing. Um, so um, it's just find an activity 
make up something out of, out of the blue. You know, it's a, it's a timed race where they can't beat the time. It's building something. Um, it's solving a problem that has no solution to it. You know, you're giving them, um, you know, you got this many cows, you have this much acre, acres, but you didn't tell them how, what the quality of the grass was. So, you know, the whole thing is just making sure the activities that you design fail. And then well, just I talk. I think the reflection afterwards is what's really important. Yeah. Yeah, and we talk, and we we talk about. And I think um, right before we start doing failure Fridays, we there's a section in the um, we spend a day talking about what the question reads is: Is there ever been a time where uh, you tried succeeded? Uh, you didn't even try because you were going to fail or you tried and you failed. Pretty much all of the kids will do the second one. They didn't even try because they were afraid, afraid to, to fail. So we talk about that act, that activity and, and just kind of tell them, well, you know, who cares? I mean, I've been teaching 21 years. I tell the kids pretty much a lesson I teach sometime during that year is going to fail. And I just shrug it off and move on to the next lesson. So, um, and I even will point out that, hey, you know, so-and-so, you tripped running down the football field. <laughs> and I'll laugh at him because I go, it was funny. But you know what? You, you, you survived it. So, um, but yeah. yeah, I think a fun, a fun thing to do in maybe a leadership class, community mm -hmm. development class. Mm -hmm. I have this um maybe FFA meetings FFA meetings or even I've always thought too there is this um Joanne you guys know who Joanna Gaines is right mm -hmm. okay well she has this magazine um called Magnolia I don't have any copies here I have it at home there's she always has some type of question about um all of her magazines I have turned into lessons so, um, but they're mainly meant for professional development that I've just, I don't know why I don't do them. <laughs> but one of the questions is there, and I kind of switch it up all the time is, if risk wasn't part of the equation, how would your life look different? And so I switched that up one time. I'd probably parachute out of a plane and do a marathon. I switched that up one time to the with the eighth graders. I go, if failure wasn't part of the equation, how would your life right now look different? And just seeing, you know, we would we have a lot of NBA stars coming up. And so we have a lot of doctors and a lot of lawyers, a lot of millionaires. Um, but it's just, why not though? I mean, like, yeah. I love that question for eighth graders because why, like, why not? Because yes. you, you've heard so many stories about, I became a writer because my third grade teacher believed that I could be a writer. Yes, like, yeah. And, and we have to talk, and you have to talk about that, you know, that failure part of the activity of life in general, um, it's just gonna happen. You know, I have a girl last year and you know, she was so bummed out. She's an eighth grader and she's like, I don't have a boyfriend yet. And I'm like, well, let's talk through this. 
Okay, it's not the end of the world. You're an eighth grader. <laughs> so. Other worlds are just. It, it is, it is, but you know, I, I really come to enjoy those. And I sometimes will throw them in, especially if a class is getting um, kind of full of themselves, I'll throw a failure activity at them. Kind of just knocks them back down to reality a little bit that, okay, yeah, you, you, you need to keep uh, keep a good head on your shoulders. I guess that's kind of what I want kids to walk out of my classroom with is a good, you know, common sense, making correct decisions. Yes, they're gonna oops, but we all oops, so, but, so. Awesome, I love that. So how can teachers, well, first off, those of you listening, William shared a lot of resources for uh, activity one, calving in the cold, activity two, million dollar loan, and activity three, failure Fridays. So definitely check out those resource folders. If teachers want to get in, in touch with you and ask you some questions um, and, and connect, how can they do that? I, I just have them email me. I think it's the easiest thing to do is email. Do you want me to give them my email? Yes. William.fritz at k12.nd.us. Yeah. Yeah, when you have to speak it, it makes makes no sense. But yeah. So yeah, I, I think the easy, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, I'm not big on, I mean, I have social media and I use it, but yeah, so Don't. if you have questions, reach out to him as an email. He'll yeah. respond. Um, I, always, I, always, I respond better to emails. So, and, you know, within the email, you know, if you want to, not afraid to, you know, call, I'll give you my e phone number in the email. So yeah. can, sometimes, sometimes my activities, I, I've noticed you actually need to talk to me. So, <laughs> Because my lesson plans are written for my students and not for anyone else's students. So they make sense to me and my kids, but probably will make no sense to anyone else's kids and teacher. So gladly walk it through and help make sure it makes sense to the right person. Or if they just need an, an, an idea for a class. I yeah, probably Williams, have Williams, your guy for all ideas. I think I am fortunate that I teach, you know, seven classes, six in person and one online that are extremely different. So I probably have an activity from agri-science to natural resources to wildlife to agronomy to animal science to vet science. So and if he's not teaching it now, he's probably taught it at some point in 21-ish years. <laughs> So yeah, it's, I probably, if you need help finding something unique to do, um, definitely help you through that process of finding something, or I can come up with something on the spot too. So it's one of those things. It's one of those talents, I guess I have is instantly something on the spot. So yeah, so uh, make sure those of you listening, go check out the resource folder for all of his resources that he shared about his activities today, uh, like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have a future topic idea or want to be a guest like William, uh, please reach out to Here by the Owl podcast on social media. William, thanks for being here with us tonight. We really appreciate it.
Yeah, no problem.